Welcome to the Passive Investing Show, a show that teaches you how to take your hard-earned cash and have it work hard for you, regardless of whether or not you continue to work hard for it. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Scott and Ashley Wilson. Welcome to the Passive Investing Show. I'm Ashley Wilson, and I'm joined here with Jay Scott. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? Good. How's it going, Ashley? Good, good. Everything's good. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend this amazing interview that was held live at GoBundance Miami, but you were fortunate enough to get to interview the famous Ryan Serhan. So let me know what you thought about the interview. Yeah, this was this was a great one. As you mentioned, uh, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to sit down with some amazing entrepreneurs and investors at the GoBundance Conference in Miami, Florida. And one of those was Ryan Serhant, who was a, uh, a keynote speaker at the event. You may know him from the hit TV show Million Dollar Listing, but in addition to that, he's also one of the top commercial brokers in the country. He is a New York Times bestselling author, and he's an expert in social media and everything branding. Um, in this ep- episode, we dive into lots of stuff, but one of the big things is we dive into his backstory, including how he used a better version of the fake it till you make it idea to go from earning $9,000 as a commercial broker in his first year to now he, he, he and his firm are doing over $100 million per month in commercial sales. So for anyone out there that might be looking to build their brand or to scale their success, this episode is absolutely for you. So without any further ado, let's welcome Ryan Serhan to the show. Ryan, thanks for being with us on the Passive Investing Show. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. So let me say, I just listened to you give another interview, and I've interviewed a lot of people over the years. I've interviewed some tremendously successful people, some not so successful people, some tremendously wealthy people, not so wealthy people. Um, And I notice a correlation, like the more successful, the more wealthy Typically, the less down-to-earth, the less – this is somebody I'd want to have lunch with. I listened to you give this interview a few minutes ago, and I just want our listeners to know – That you want to get lunch with me? uh, I'm not going to ask for a date. I know you're married. I'll do it, I know you're married. You are probably one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever heard on a podcast. <laughs> Thanks. And so I just just need to throw that out there because for high-profile people, we we tend to get – an idea of who they are and we make assumptions. And so I just encourage all my listeners – you're the real deal. Thanks, man. Well, I would definitely not classify, classify myself as high profile, though. I, I, I play a realtor on TV um, and one in real life, and that's that's about as far as it goes. Okay, so maybe you're not so nice. But <laughs> let's, for the sake of the next question, pretend you are. Okay. How do you reconcile the down-to-earth, nice family man? Um, really, you, you seem like just a genuine guy. How do you reconcile that with the fact that you do – you put together – eight-figure, nine-figure, maybe 10-figure deals. You run very large companies. You've got to be somewhat ruthless. Not ruthless, maybe, but you've got to be serious. How do you reconcile the personal, I assume, niceness and sincerity with with also handling your business? I think it's a mixture of having to be a good person at the end of the day because that's what I'm going to be left with. If all the business goes away, the world blows up – you're a good person, you're a bad person, and I want people around me that that like me. And it's probably the only way I'm going to be able to survive, right? Like zombie movie style. Yeah. Um, and that's mixed with being the one who can outwork, outthink, outscheme, and outmaneuver everybody and be the smartest person in the room whenever the subject of money comes up. I love that. I love that. And I want to come back to that, but I, I want to kind of start – 
uh, backwards a little bit before I get there. So your first year in real estate as an agent. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, something, $10,000 or something that you made? Yeah, it was, yeah, 9188 to be exact. Okay, so what did you do differently in year two, in year three, in year four? How did you get from that to where we are today? Uh, I stopped crying so much because um, my older brother told me to. Uh, I was very like... It, being an entrepreneur, like which I didn't realize when I got into real estate, I got into real estate to pay my bills. That was it. I don't want to move home. I'm in New York City. I I am now a, a real estate agent. I guess I, I need to figure out how to pay rent. Um, and it's really hard when you come at it from that attitude. If it's just a side thing and you're going to do it just to do it and it's just to pay bills, then like then of course it's not going to work out because you're waking up every day with the attitude that I'm not doing this forever. This is not going to work out. I want to do other things. So then you're not trying. Like you're not trying, you're not following up with people. You're not smiling. You know, I had desperation in my pores because I was just broke and needed to pay rent. So I didn't have to leave the city. Um, uh, and then like towards the end of that first year, there was a guy in my office um, whose name was Ben and he was just crushing it like deals every day. And when you get into the real estate business in New York City, you, you start with rentals. New York City is like 75% rental. And they're small rentals, especially at that time. In 2008, my first day was the day Lehman Brothers filed for bankruptcy. So like the market was totally terrible. Everyone was getting fired and losing their jobs every day. And you're doing $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a month rentals. Okay, a commission check is like one month's rent. So if it's $2,000, I'm brand new, so my split with the house, with the brokerage company is 50-50. So if I rented a $2,000 a month apartment in a day, I'd make a thousand bucks, right? Didn't think about taxes at all. But like it's $1,000, which for me, working for free for the prior two years, trying to be an actor, getting personally rejected to my face because of my face, um, to then make $1,000 for showing someone an apartment and then helping them with like the application was insane, um, but it was still really hard. And I, I was not from New York City and I did not know the city. Uh, and so this Ben kid was like crushing it every single day. Um, and I remember standing on the fire escape of our office on 49th Street and like just being, basically just trying to quit again and trying to call my mom. Um, and she didn't pick up the phone. So I called my older brother and he was at work. Um, and it was a really stressful time, obviously. And, uh, uh, and I was just telling him that Ben was, and I, I'm not, this business sucks. And I shouldn't do this. I'm not from here. And all he said was, uh, stop crying, you little bitch. If that guy can do it, you can do it. And he hung up the phone. Um, and there's a part of me that was like, I hate you, but mom, where's mom? Um, but then the other part of me was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to actually do it. Um, and Ben's not going to help me. So I'm going to do it by myself. And so year two, I really just had a mindset shift of this isn't that hard. If that guy can do it, I can do it. And if he's winning, then it's actually good for all of us. I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to be envious. I'm going to turn that jealousy into fuel for the fire of everyone can win. I'm not just going to take a small piece of the pie. I'm going to expand the pie. And then I felt less stressed. It's like, all right, so what is this business? And year two is really when I figured out, like, I guess I'm an entrepreneur. I guess I'm working for myself. There's no boss, no hours. I can make money or not make money. There's no ceiling. Yes. There's also no floor. Ugh. <laughs> so I set up that structure for what my career was about to be. And I did that in year two. I, I think it's easy for everybody that's listening to assume it's about money. 
and and year one you didn't make a lot, and year two you made more, and now we here here we are ten years later and yeah. you're making a whole lot more. Um, but I know from having these conversations that's rarely about money. For some people, it's about building a business. For some people, it's about doing deals. For some people, it's about marketing. For some people, whatever. What is it that drives you? What is that thing that 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 gets you up out of out of bed every morning and says, "This is why I'm going to do this." Yeah. My first couple years in the business, it was definitely about money. Like bills are real, you know, and living in New York City is no joke. It's like, you know, bananas are expensive in New York City. So um, it was 100% about money. But then that those first couple of years were really hard. And because I was a total outsider to New York City and no one helped me. I didn't have a single mentor. The company I was at didn't help me at all. It's zero, zero help. Um, and I think I really let that get to me. So that when I started to figure it out on my own and started to like put in my systems, like finder, keeper, doer, and the three Fs and everything that I still swear by to this day, like my real motivation at that point, if I'm being stupid honest with you, is that I just want to win um, and beat everyone else. And so I, you know, I, I mean, that's like maybe not the best answer, but it's the most honest answer. And so by 2015, I then built the number one sales team uh, in New York City. By 2017, I was selling more real estate in New York City than anyone had ever done ever. Um, and uh, by 2020, I said, all right, so I've been at the top for a long time. I'm going to branch out and start on my own. And so I started my own company at the end of 2020 at the worst possible time ever. So I got into the business at the worst time ever. It's the beginning of the financial crisis. And then we started the company when New York City was literally on fire during COVID. Riots, insanity, craziness. Um and our rankings, uh, they just came out. Our rankings were, uh, we were number 11. So I went from number one to number 11. And they, they quoted me as saying when they asked me, like, well, how do you feel about being number 11? You know, you're the type of guy that just wants to be number one all the time. And I was like, you know what? I love it because now I only have up to go and everyone else, one through 10, just gets to fucking wait. And they printed that. And my dad was like, what the fuck? I, I love that. Um, and that kind of- so, Also, wait, yeah. but also like, what should I be saying to that question that everyone else will say that's total bullshit? Like gratitude, bro. Like I'm in it for the love and like the heart. I mean, I guess some of that, you know, it's important, but I also just want everyone else to lose. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And and sometimes, and, and it's funny because it, it really is, um, it, it's kind of like a paradox. We started this conversation with me saying how nice of a guy you were and here you are saying you you, you wish the whole world but I like, but I still, goes to I'm hell. I'm so nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> I want everyone to win. I just want to win more. It's you know? fair, fair enough. Well, let me ask you. No, it's like, a, it's like the athlete in me and I wish I could have been an athlete maybe. It's like I, I, like life is just too short, you know? Like I, I, I don't know. I like it's, um, you know, there's like so many quotes about it, but like, you know, it's like, I, I didn't come this far to just come this far. You know, you want to, you want to win, you know, you want to do it the best you possibly can. Otherwise, why try? Um, uh, I don't know. That's just the way, maybe I have a disease. I don't know. Well, let me ask you a question. And and I heard this question asked of Bill Gates uh, a okay. dozen years ago. Okay. Um, he's way smarter, just FYI. <laughs> I used to work for the man. He, he's, he's a smart guy, but... Well, <laughs> His answer here was very, actually very interesting. I'm curious yours. Yeah. Um, you have two choices. No you can take everything you've earned yep. and you can ride off in the sunset, yep. um, never work a day again in your life, yep. or you lose it all and you have to start over. What do you do? 
I mean, you want me to answer B. No. But like. I, I want you to answer truthfully. I mean, um. Hmm. If you don't answer, I don't know what I'm going to ask next. Yeah. I don't know. I, to be honest, like I, I just did B. Like I had a really big sales team. We're 65 people. Everyone told me not to stop. Everyone told me not to start my own company. Everyone said it was stupid. Everyone's like, you have a great life, right? You do a billion to 2 billion sales a year. If a TV show, you're writing book. Like why, why would you ever want to blow that all up? Because I couldn't take my team with me. It was a brutal process of doing it. And I, my option was B, like right off into the sunset, doing what I'm doing. I've got passive income from all these agents and deals and everything. It's like, but I, I gotta, I gotta try. Like I, I cannot die not knowing that I at least tried to build my own thing, like from the ground up. And we blew up our life. Like I did, that was like the wife conversation, the whole thing and COVID had hit and the market sold off 10,000 points and everyone stopped buying apartments. We lost every single deal. We were in the middle of litigation on every single deal, everything, which is my main source of income. All filming stopped, everything. It was like, all right, well, if everything else is falling to shit, let me just blow up everything for real. And let me just go start my own company and see what happens. And so I, I've already done B um, and then I would probably do it again if I had to. I heard you talk a little bit about setting goals. You're mm -hmm. a big fan of setting goals. I assume you set your one-year goals. Maybe you set your three and your five-year goals. What's your 20-year goal? I mean, what's the end goal? Where where are you the week before you turn 50 or 60 or 70? I mean, where, where do you see you fitting into the world in a bigger picture way? Um, well, first, I'm probably super awesome at being older. Um <laughs> I think life is probably great. It better be. Otherwise, like shame on me today. Like all the work that I put in today is for that guy. Like I literally have a, I use that face app, you know, to make yourself old. And I have that old Ryan in a suit next to me at all times. And that's my boss. I work for that guy because before I know it, I am going to be that guy. Um, and I don't want his life to suck. You know, like it's easy just to roll through today and whatever, I'll get to it tomorrow. But pretty soon tomorrow shows up and you have to live with the consequences. And that sucks if you don't do it the right way. Um, but I think, you know, we're building a very, very, very big business. Um, I think we're building a multi-billion dollar real estate business. And I think when people think real estate um, around the world, I think they're going to think us by the time I'm one of those ages. Um, and I think, I think that would be great. That's, that's what I want. And what are you going to do with that money? I don't know, buy awesome stuff. Um, I don't know, like fill a swimming pool with it and jump into it and put it on TikTok. Um, I, you know, it's funny, stupid stuff probably. Uh, I know that's not a good answer. <laughs> it, it, hey, if it's an honest answer, I love the honest answers. It, it, depend, it depends on how much money I have, I guess. I don't know. Probably like pay taxes. Um, uh, probably like run to Florida where there are no taxes apparently. Um, or Puerto Rico, right? Um, but we're incredibly, like dude, we get back all the time. Like I... I distinctly remember what it felt like to be on the subway and not have money in 2008. Uh, and one, I'll never go back there ever again. To the uh, subway or to not having money? Both. That situation. Um, but I will take the subway if traffic's really brutal. But I also like, I, dude, if I sell a home, so we're selling a piece of land 30 minutes from here in Miami for $100 million right now. That's where I just was. And that's partly why I was late and partly why I was stuck on the phone. I, I, we're not selling, it's not because of me. I mean, I tell everyone it's because of me, but it's also because of Florida, right? 
Same way if I sell a penthouse for $50 million in New York City. There's a big commission that's attached to that, but it's not like, it's New York City let that happen. Like the United States allowed that to happen, right? Greater macro trends way above me allowed that to happen. And I'm kind of then playing with the house's money. So like, it's okay to also give it back to the house. So like two nights ago, you know, we're at City Harvest, which gives back to hungry New Yorkers who are in poverty, who don't have food um, and give as much back to them as possible. Last year, we had a massive campaign for American Cancer Society um, to combat breast cancer, you know? And so like, I give back as much as I possibly can uh, because like, because yeah, because it's not, it's kind of like not our money. It's also not that real. It's just like a shifting of money between accounts here and there, depending on what agreements we have. Um, and I think it's important to round out like the goodness in the world that way, no matter how ridiculous my answers are to you. Like that's the most authentic one. That's fantastic. Um, okay. Title of the show is the passive investing show. So I have to go here. Yeah. Um, where do you invest your money passively? Um, so we, we believe really, really strongly in, in education. I guess I'll start there. Um, and so we, who's, who's we? the company, okay. the, the company. So we have a, a, we have a big digital education business. Um, and so we invest a lot into that because it's evergreen content forever that we sell to salespeople and that makes money every single day. Um, also invest in real estate, you know, and we have a rental portfolio. Um, those are probably the two biggest places that we, I invest for passive income. And so are you hands-off on the business? Is it truly passive for you? On the edge, I mean, no, nothing's truly passive uh, ever, um, or at least at my stage in my career anyway. Um, but I, I have people that run everything. So they are very not passive. So I'm far more passive, <laughs> but then I do what I'm told as I need to do it. Fair enough. Um, okay. So a lot of our listeners are real estate investors. Um, we are here at the end of April, 2022. Yep. And, uh, as anybody that's here at the end of April, 2022 involved in real estate knows that, uh, things are changing a little bit. Uh, interest rates are up. Yep. Tenure treasuries are up. Mortgage yep. rates are up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that very well might impact the market. Hasn't so much yet, but very well might. Um, it's done the opposite for now. It's done the opposite for now. Exactly. And, and crazy the last couple of years, uh, everything's done the opposite. Um, I think we'll do the opposite for quite some time. So that was what I was going to ask you. So you, as somebody that's that's heavily, obviously involved in yeah. very high priced real estate, what does your crystal ball tell you? I think that the housing market crashed in 2008 and did not fully recover until COVID. I think that we had bits and pieces of positive housing for those 12 years, but a healthy market has two types of buyers, right? Because everyone can be a seller at all times, but you have two types of buyers. Those are the ones that bring the liquidity. Nothing's worth anything unless a buyer's willing to pay for it. You have a buyer who wants something and you have a buyer who needs something. So up until 2008, you had both types, people buying, and then they would buy the one next door because I want it and I think it's a good investment or my mom's going to live there. Right? You had both. Lehman happens, subprime mortgage collapse, people can't get loans, People are terrified of real estate and they have PTSD for it for really like 12 years. In my entire career up until COVID, the day I got into it, 2008, until COVID, I've done maybe one transaction that was a want transaction where someone just wanted something. I was a super rich guy, just wanted it. Everything else was a need and it's a life change, right? I, I need a three bedroom because I had a baby. I, I, I mean, I need to buy an apartment and I kind of want that one too. It's cool, but I, I need to move because I'm moving to town because of work. 
COVID hits, out of sight, out of mind, housing before, now all of a sudden, hmm, my house is smaller than I want it to be. This kid won't shut up. I got to do the Zoom and all the stuff that we've talked about now for two years. Um, and so the whole world at the same time, stuck in their house, not their car, not their office, not their garden, right? But in their house says, I think I want a different house. <laughs> and and supply just didn't exist for that amount of immediate demand that was like a shotgun blast. Um, and so, and interest rates have been so low for so long. They've been low my entire career. Only until two weeks ago have interest rates gone higher than they were in 2007. And so you have those two types of buyers. There's nothing for them to purchase. And rising interest rates, you know, to the, um, uh, uh, you know, to the government's point, are, are not going to slow people down. Just like in New York City, they raise closing cost taxes all the time, right? People still pay them. Every time they're like, no one's going to pay. Oh, they raise, the mansion tax is a percentage you pay over a million dollars. If you buy over $20 million, you pay 3.9% to the city as a luxury tax. You know, this is big numbers. Yeah, people aren't paying that just to pay it. But they still do it, yep. you know, because they want the real estate. And so I think the market remains strong. If, listen, if interest rates go to 10%, you know, we'll see. But I think money doesn't mean as much to people anymore. And there's been so much wealth creation that where else do you put it? You put it in hard assets, unique assets, alternative assets, and real estate. Love it. Okay. Uh, we have time for one more question. We only have a minute left. Before we do that, I want to wish you good luck. You're giving the keynote tonight at uh, GoBundance 2022 in Miami. So Thanks. thank you for being here. I'm looking forward to that. Final question. I'll leave it pretty open-ended. Best piece of advice that you haven't given yet? That I haven't given yet? That you haven't given yet. Give us the best piece of advice you have. Ah. Um, I don't know. Diego, what's a good piece of advice I haven't given yet? Get TSA pre-check. Get TSA pre-check, man. <laughs> that is the best. Diego missed his flight. Get TSA pre-check. Exactly. Get through those airport lines. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would say, um, if you could tell the future, like, what would you attempt to do? And meaning that like, as I try to manifest my future, I think about where the company's going to be, where my career is going to be. And so I manifest it. And so therefore it must be true, which means therefore I must be telling the future. And so as risky as it is and as insane as it is, and why would I ever do this? I guess it's going to come true. So I might as well keep doing it. And that really dictates how quickly we move. Otherwise, way too much risk. Life could be much, much simpler. Um, but I think you you have to listen to what you tell yourself that you're going to be in the future. That person, you know, writes all the rules. That's a great piece. Ryan, thanks for being here. Thanks. Appreciate it.